Some of you are like, man, we just skipped straight to the announcements. <laughs> Why is he up there? Uh, sometimes the team's doing so good, they put the JV in. <laughs> Pastor Steve is like, you hop off the pine pony and, and you get inside the game today. So uh, I get to speak to you, the youth pastor. Some of you are excited about that. Some of you are, I don't know, it's kind of like when your grandparents give you that gift you don't really know what to do with, but you have to look grateful. It's some of your faces right now. <laughs> Mainly yours, Don. Oh, man. And a part of being a youth pastor is like usually I have to be the PDA police and preach at the same time. So that's going to be good that we're not going to have any of that going on inside of here. None of it. Happy New Year's, uh, as we just saw, right? We're, we're, so who's going back to the gym? Who's going to start going back to the gym in January? Yes, Steve. Steve's down to go back to the gym. Some of us are like, I don't want to raise my hand because he's going to call me out. Uh, no, I, I, I plan on trying to do the same thing. Uh, it's good to start the New Year's off with that. But this is the time of year where we start to look at goals and we start to look at uh, things that we want to do differently, right? It's just kind of that natural time and flow of year where we can look at calendars and schedules and diets and gym routines. And for some of us, we're kind of over that. Like we've, we've you know, oh, it's January. I'm not going to do that again because I always know how that ends. Uh, some of us are uh, looking forward to that, right? Looking forward to try to, to find some new things that we want to do. The problem is, is that goals, uh, it really comes down to choices. It's not really about goals, is it? Um, we we want to set goals, but we know it's going to take a lot of choices to make that happen. But it's not even really choices a lot of times. What, what filters our choices is our values, and a lot of times this is why all of a sudden we end up in February and we're like, what in the world is happening? I, I, I had a goal, I made some choices, but the problem is our, our values didn't change, right? We, we wanted to get excited about the year. We wanted to do things differently. We were telling ourselves today that it's not going to be like February last year where I started going and then I stopped. We're, we're telling ourselves it's going to be different. But the problem is you can set all the goals you want. We can have all uh, the choices lined up. But if our values don't change, at the end of the day, it won't look any different. If you look at the life of uh, of Jesus, you watch and see the way that he lived. Uh, He lived life according to a set of values. He teaches them to us, and he says, love God and love people above everything else. If you do these two things, you'll fulfill all the law and all the prophets if you Take these two commands and do them. And not only did he tell us to do it, he lived that out, right? We see through the life of Jesus that uh, not a lot of things influence Jesus' decisions outside of those two things. Jesus doesn't make decisions based on emotion. Jesus doesn't make decisions based on the way other people are going to interpret it. Jesus doesn't make decisions based on traditions, right? And he's kind of wreaking havoc against that system the entire time of, of tradition and of religion, and as he begins to, uh, to do this, right, it doesn't end well for him. People don't like it. People generally don't like it when you live your life by a set of values. That's, it's, it's, it's always talking to youth, like that's something that's very common for us, right, is, is uh, for you guys, not us. Uh, but for youth, it, it's, it's the peer pressure, right? It's all the different kind of things. And we like to think that we're adults and we don't deal with that kind of stuff anymore, but we do, right? We, we say we want to set out to do something different this year, but we end up, uh, falling to different things, right? Maybe uh, our family didn't get on board with what we wanted to do. Maybe uh, we just we weren't really clear about what it was going to look like. 
Jesus had a lot of clarity around his values. He knew exactly what they were, and he defaulted to those time and time again. He didn't let these other factors rule his life. He didn't let these other outside influences dictate the way that he was going to live. All of his decisions were filtered through these two values, to love God and to love people. So if we're going to have clarity around this year, if 2023 is going to look different than any other year before, we have to start with values, and we have to have clarity around what they look like. Uh, a lot of people, I'm not going to do this just because, you know the teacher, like, they're like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Like, what do you think the answer to that is? And everyone says what the answer is, and you're like, nope, that's not the answer. I'm not going to do that. But a lot of times if I were to say, I've done this with people before, I say, hey, what are your values? A lot of people say family, relationships, friends, uh, health, finances, my career. Uh, that, that, that's a lot of times what we say our values are, but if you actually open up your bank account <laughs> or open up your calendar or open up uh, anybody, I think right around this time generally is when like the, the Apple report comes out on your phone of how you spent your time on your, on your device that week. <sighs> when you get that report, does it align with the things that you say that you value? A lot of us say we value certain things, but when we don't have clarity around them, it ends up looking like something much different than what we thought. We say we value these things, but where's the execution? Where is it actually happening? So maybe just for a moment today, we could dive into that and get some clarity around our values and clarity around what 2023 could look like. Sound good? I'm going to pray really quick. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you so much for this uh, new year that we're starting out. I pray that you would give us some practical handles and some wisdom to be able to help us walk into this new year a little bit different than all the years before. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh, what is your go-to cold medicine? Anybody? Everyone's like, what? NyQuil. Uh, that used to be mine. You want to know why it's not anymore? That's pretty, that's pretty funny. Uh, so this one, this one night uh, years ago, I'm super sick, and uh, I'm hacking, and I'm going through it, right? And in the middle of the night, I'm like, man, I'm not going to sleep. I feel freaking terrible. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get some NyQuil. But I don't want to turn the light on because I don't want to wake up my wife, Katie, and I'm like, you know, so I just go inside of there and I open up the medicine cabinet and I know like our like, shelf doesn't move, you know what I mean? It's all kind of the same stuff in each place. So I reach in right where the NyQuil's at, muscle memory. Not that I did it that much, calm down. But I reach in and I pop the cap and I uh, just swig it back, which you're not supposed to do that, by the way. Everyone's like, this guy's the youth pastor? You're not supposed to chug NyQuil. When you drink NyQuil, you measure it out, but just... In the middle of the night, I felt bad, and I, I kicked it back. And uh, just glug, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, a, very, <sighs> a very strong like, uh, pain and odor begins to hit me like immediately. My throat becomes completely dry. And I'm like, <clears throat> I start gasping, and I like flip the light switch on, and it's fingernail polish remover. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I couldn't make any noise, so I was like, Wah! and I like threw it, and it like went down our stairs, and like exploded everywhere. Katie's waking up, she's like, what is happening? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there like wheezing, and she's like, what is it? And I like point down the stairs, she like goes, I like, it was like, it sucked all, like anything out of my throat, it was just gone, I couldn't breathe. She goes down, and she grabs a bottle, she walks back in, she's like, what are you, what, what 
are you doing? I'm like, I thought it was NyQuil. And she's like, what? So I'm like, is this like this fingernail polish removal? Like, this is kind of a serious thing, right? So she goes, you know, the magnets for like poison control that you keep on your refrigerator. She goes downstairs and she grabs it and she, <laughs> she calls the number. And she's like, hey, you know, concern. You know, we just had someone ingest uh, a fingernail polish remover. And they're like, uh, like okay, uh, what's the child's weight? <laughs> She's like, ah, like 200. And they're like, how old is the child? 27? <laughs> She's dying. She thinks it's hilarious. I'm sitting there still like feeling super weird. And she's like, ah, she has on speakerphone. And she's like, I think you're a kid. Uh, which she thinks is funny because she also thinks that I'm a kid. Uh, but yeah, it ends up being pretty funny uh the, the ladies she's like hey is there anything bad that can happen from this and she's like he could be hammered that's a lot of alcohol if you just straight glugged it but she's like yeah just let him go to sleep he'll be fine <sighs> so what does this have to do with values i actually don't remember um no i'm just kidding it correlates perfectly listen <laughs> not having clarity around your values is like digging through a medicine cabinet with no lights on right? It can, it can be like that. You think you know what it is that you value. You think that you have alignment of that instead of your life. But for a lot of us, our, our, our values are kind of unclear and they're kind of shaky. And the decisions and the choices that we make through that are maybe even worse. We end up not being able to see very well what we're supposed to be reaching for and grabbing for. And it can end up uh, <laughs> with you on the phone with poison control in the middle of the night. It's important to have that kind of a clarity around what you value and about what you're trying to accomplish instead of your life. Like we talked about before, Jesus has this immense clarity, and because of that, he ends up living a life that's so above the average and the ordinary because it was so clear to him what he came to do, the purpose for it, and his values that were going to keep him and hold him to that. Uh, we, we, we do this thing. Um, we've done it with our family. Uh, we've done it with individuals where we have people pick. That they go through some things and they pick like three core values. You hear about companies doing this or you hear about organizations doing this. But when you personally, you want to get clarity around what you value, what you believe, you begin to pick three core values and say, through this, I want to filter my life. I want to pick these things and I want to have so much clarity around it. I want to have so much understanding around it. I want to get, I think, uh, oh, I'm going to embarrass her. Kellen, we're Goodmans. I didn't know she was going to be in here, but I saw her walking in here. We have values as a family. So I, I say we're Goodmans, and she repeats back to me, we keep sweet, we serve others, and we make Christ known. If, if you begin to have clarity around what you believe and what you think, and you begin to give that to your kids if you're a parent, man, all of, all of our disciplinary moments get filtered through that. So I get to sit her down and say, you know, hey, there was a moment where you, you weren't keeping sweet. You know, you weren't serving others. Not Kellen. I never have to correct her if you know her. <laughs> but you weren't keeping sweet. You weren't serving others. And in that moment, you weren't making Christ known. So, so what happened? Where did it go wrong? And for, for us as a family, it's been absolutely amazing. But even more so for me as an individual, it's helped me so much 
be able to live a, the, the life that I say I want to live. We don't uh, rise to the level of our best intentions. We generally end up falling to our default settings. And that's why February falls apart. So some, some practical ways, um, you don't have to take notes, but if you want to look at your phone, to be able to grab some of this so that you can sit down later. You have homework. Is that weird on New Year's? Uh, to be able to sit down and make some of these core values. You might just make them for yourself. You might sit down with a spouse and say, hey, let's make this as a family. Uh, but there's, some, there's a roadmap, a good way to be able to do that. Um, there is uh, a book. It's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And it's about, um, I didn't have any of that rubbing alcohol, but my throat is dry. Um, there's this story uh, that this guy tells. He was an Auschwitz survivor. And uh, the person, I, I went to some leadership courses and read some books. This is where a lot of this comes from. And this guy was telling us this story, and he was talking about picking values, and he was kind of using this book to help filter some of what he was trying to explain to us. He talked about how uh, this guy in Auschwitz, how when he was there, he noticed that you know, everyone just lost who they were. They had no idea who they were anymore. They were completely confused. And it wasn't just the fact that they were starving. It wasn't just the fact that they were being degraded. But all the things that they valued and all the things that they would have put their worth and their identity in were stripped from them. So if you were an amazing musician, not anymore. If you were a banker or a lawyer, not now. If you were a mom or a dad, not anymore. And a lot of times when we end up picking values, we end up making them kind of these external things, right? We end up making them, uh, you know, one of my values is uh, uh, being a dad, let's say. Well, the problem with that is that I begin to attach my identity to my kids. And if, and if who I am and what I value is based on me being a dad, well, what happens when my kids don't act in a way that makes me look good as a dad? You ever been to that T-ball game? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. And that dad's like, get it, Tommy. He's yelling at him. That's because he's somehow wrapped his identity up in his kid's performance. Maybe living vicariously, but somehow that's how he sees himself is through the lens of his kid. And he's put so much value into that that now it's beginning to distort what he really thinks. When you pick values, you want to make them uh, something that, that – are controllables by you, not controllable by somebody else. And kind of the whole premise of what this guy was saying through this book is, uh, if, if you pick values, you should be able to live them out in Auschwitz. If you pick values in these external things, those things are going to fall apart. Those things are going to fade. You want to pick ones that are not situation dependent. They're not circumstance dependent. They are 100% something that you are in control of. I am in control if I stay sweet. Keep sweet. That was my, my grandfather, my mom's dad. He's an amazing man, sweetest man in the world. And that was his phrase, keep sweet. He knew life was brutal. Life's hard, right? Life wants to make you cynical and bitter. And his whole thing was keep sweet. Don't become that way. That's dependent upon me. I can do that, believe it or not. I, I, well, I probably couldn't. I'd struggle with it really hard. I struggle with it really hard in my normal life, let alone if I was in Auschwitz. But that's controlled by me. It's not controlled by somebody else. Jesus, with loving God and loving people, that's not controlled by anyone else. That's on him to live those values out. So you want to pick things that are not 
based upon other people or on your job? Because what happens if your job falls apart? I, I, I did a sport for forever. I feel like my identity was 100% wrapped up inside of that. I didn't know who I was outside of that. And when I retired and stopped doing it the years after that, and even still now sometimes, it's very hard for me to, to not see myself through that lens. I put so much value in that, and I put so much of my identity in that, that when I lost that for a season, I didn't know who I was. And sometimes I still revert back to some of those same patterns. And in those moments, I tell myself, okay, bro, you got to get back to your values you got to stop living life through these emotions, and you got to stop living your life through these external things that are not going to be able to help you land where you want to land. A lot of times uh, when people pick values, they also base them around insecurities. You don't have to pick things that you currently value. It doesn't have to be something that you're already really good at. Serving others, like I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not good at that sometimes, right? Sometimes I'm selfish and sometimes, but that's something that I'm striving for. That's something that I'm going to value and I'm going to take on and try to do. But you don't have to pick something that you're great at. You can look at other people's lives. You can look at the things that you've learned. You can spend some time reading. You can spend some time praying. You can spend some time figuring out what is it at the end of the day that I want people to say about me when I leave this earth. But if you pick uh, a lot of those things through insecurities, I, I've done that before. I've picked what I valued uh, through different things that have happened in my life and that have made me insecure in different areas as a father, um, as, a, as a pastor, and all those things into becoming really shaky and I'm actually living life through an insecurity versus through something that's steady and stronger than me, something that's dependable. So when you pick values, do it through these two things. Can you live it out in Auschwitz? Is it not situation dependent? Does it not depend on anybody else? Can you control the controllables and is it yours to own? And then on top of it, can you, uh, is it somehow tied back to an insecurity? Write about those values. Write about, get clarity around what that means. When I say keep sweet to me or serve others or serve Christ or make him known, what does that actually mean? I, I have a whole paragraph about what that looks like. And then I have affirmations about what that looks like. Most athletes, you know, do like a self-talk, some kind of ritual, right, where they, uh, on game day, they're telling themselves how it's going to go, right? They're not leaving it to default, leaving it to chance. They're, they're beginning to tell, this is what it's going to look like. This is how I'm going to do it. You can do that same thing with your life. If them performing on a field is that important, how important is it for us to perform in our lives? How much do our kids depend on that? How much do the people that surround ourselves that we have influence and that we have leadership over, how much, how important is that for them to see us live those things out? And what happens when we do? I end up talking about my grandfather who lived out his values and loved people recklessly. And those are the things that people talked about my mom, his, his birthday is actually New Year's Eve, and my mom posted on Instagram uh, this, this picture of him, and she said, keep sweet, and all these people were just commenting and commenting and commenting and talking about my grandfather. It was really neat. People need us to live our life based on a set of values, and they need us to have clarity around what they look like. Make sure I say what I want to say.
there's something called a, a decision triangle. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this before, a decision funnel. And a lot of times when we uh, make our decisions, we funnel them through a process. For most of us, uh, we, the first thing that gets decided the, how we're going to make a decision is based on tyranny of the urgent or, or a pay-the-rent mindset. I, I, I need to very, uh, I, I, what's right in front of me. Okay, I got to get the, the kids fed. I got to get them into the van. I got to get them to school. I got to come back and I got to start the thing. And we end up living our life based on the tyranny of the urgent. Or, uh, man, you know, my, uh, my boss at work, he's been pressuring me about getting this thing done. I need to make sure that that report is in. I need to make sure that it's all. And we end up pushing our kids to the side. And we end up pushing uh, maybe the, the workout routine that we wanted to start to the side. And we end up making decisions, living our life based on this filtering of decisions through the tyranny of the urgent. A lot of times next comes uh, money. So I filter through the tyranny of the urgent. And then can I afford this, right? Can, can, can I go out and have that vacation that I want? Nah, maybe get a credit card, whatever. Can I make that happen? People, what's people's interpretation of this going to be? How are they going to see this decision? Are they going to like me because of it? Are they going to hate me because of it? What are they going to think about me? We're all like, exactly, we don't care about that, but we do. How's it going to be interpreted on social media? What is this going to look like for other people when they see me do it? And then last, <laughs> we filter it through our values. The goal is to flip that decision triangle on its head. And the first thing when you come to making a decision, the first thing that you do, it starts with, how does this align with what I value? How do I default to that? How do I immediately not try to sit here and, and figure out all these other things, money, people, or, uh, tyranny of the urgent, how do I start with what do I actually value? There's some people that talk about how you can only make a certain amount of quality decisions within a day. Uh, eventually, like, you just end up kind of falling apart with decision making, right? If you're a parent or you have a busy job, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's decision. And it starts right when you get up, you know, do I, am I going to brush my teeth first? Am I going to take a shower first? Am I going to wear this? I'm going to wear that. And it's just decisions, decisions all day. You're just constantly making them. What am I going to feed the kids? What do they want? Oh, they want this, but then it would be easier if I did this. And it's just decisions constantly. When you free yourself up to default to your values on a lot of decisions, you'll begin to make better, sounder decisions because you'll have that quality of that decision-making when it comes time for you to be able to think through something. But so much of us, life is happening so fast. We're, we're, we're swirling about and we end up moving too quickly. The tyranny, the urgent gets in the way, the money, the finances, all those kind of things. But if we start with our values, if we start with these things that we say, above everything else, I want this to come first, it ends up making your life so much more rewarding and simplified. Life's complex enough as it is, right? Like life is just like Netflix now. <laughs> you get on Netflix and it's like, what what am I going to watch? There's too many choices. <laughs> so you sit there and you look through like 20 million options for an hour and then you get burnt out. You're like, I'm not even doing this. And you throw the remote to the side. You're like, I'm not even going to watch a movie. Just me? Uh, all of us have done something like that, right? Life, life more than ever before in America, right? We have more choices at the end of our fingertips than ever. There's all these different options for us to pick through. 
And I <laughs> am a simple person. I need things simplified. Because there's so many different ways that you could interpret how you should make your decisions based on this one book that you read or this one idea or this one thing that you heard. I need it simplified. I need it brought down to its smallest point. Anyone ever heard that term, uh, aim small, miss small? Right? It comes, I think the Patriot was the first time I ever heard that quote, but it's talking about shooting. So it's about if you're aiming for a bullseye, are we allowed to talk about that? If you're aiming for a bullseye, and I'm just aiming for the bullseye and I'm off a little bit, I'm going to completely miss it. But if I aim for a smaller point on that bullseye and I'm just off the point, I'm still hitting the mark. This is what clarity and simplification of values and choices looks like in your life. You're learning how to aim small and maybe miss so much smaller than you would have before, but you're still hitting the mark. I'm going to pray really quick, and then uh, we can jump into communion. <sighs> Father, for a lot of us in the room, starting another new year, we feel defeated right at the get-go. We're tired of trying to come with that motivation, but we know what it'll ultimately lead to. We know we'll get right back in the same slumps, back into the same addictions, back into the same problems that we've always been in. And we want to get ramped up about what this year could look like. We want to have hope for a year to look different, but we already start out feeling defeated. God, I pray that this year you could give us clarity Jesus was so amazing at simplifying things for us. So many commands, so many things that they were told that they should value at the time. And Jesus makes it all simple and says, just do these two things. I pray that you would help us have that kind of clarity this year, that you would help us walk into a year with hope and understanding and a clear mind to get after what we say we want to be about. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.